0: Welcome back, Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. And here we are in a chilly, chilly February very morning. very chilly. Um, unfortunately, I have a wake this uh, evening, so we could not do an evening recording. Mm. Got a lot of feedback on the Ozempic episode.
1: I think a lot of people are into the Ozempic.
0: And a lot of, did not like it being... Um,
1: not talked about well.
0: Not talked about in a good light. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad it works for people. You just have
1: to think like long term. You have to change your ways. It's not an easy out. Yeah, yeah. I just
0: and then um, the debt conversation has been more of a work thing. My husband thinks, "Oh, I'm so excited! You're actually worried (laughs) about." Okay, so the debt thing was a big thing. Yeah, and um, but that's more of like it's been going around back and forth talking at work and stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked at what some of the debt of the kids have. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. The school debt and stuff, which of course makes me start thinking of Vienna's debt, like for college. I'm trying to mitigate it. And I don't know. You know what? Go in the military. They'll pay for your college. I just call it a day.
1: (laughs) Sam was actually saying, like, he was thinking about doing the community college to UMass.
0: Mm -hmm. You pay nothing. I would love to see her do that. I don't think there's any way in I'm going to convince her to do that because they want that college experience. And I, know. I don't think so you should pay thousands for it. Thousands? I did, Hundreds of thousands? I didn't go to college. I mean, I went to college, but I was a commuter and I was older. I parties with my friends at their colleges. I don't think your life is any... <laughs> I don't think it's any different if you miss... Yeah. not living in a dorm and getting shit-faced your first senior year and, you know, God well, knows what you're doing. And you can do that when you go visit your friends. Like- I 1,000% I, agree with you. I would rather come out of college with little to no debt than to go say I lived at USC and I went to the football games, but now I'm $100,000 in debt for it. Right. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, but whatever. So now here we are. We're looking at Love Month. It's Valentine's love Day. Month. Roses are coming out in pink and people are going to get engaged and we're going to oh, have big romantic. Do people do that? Oh, my God. When I remember the first Valentine's Day, Brian and I spent together, of course, the amateur night. We go out on Valentine's Day. Went to the chat house in Boston. No, oh, Like nice. a couple next to us gets in. He proposes at the table. I'm like, I looked at him. I said, uh, if we ever get married, don't you dare ever propose <laughs> don't to me. ever do On that. Christmas. My birthday. Val- don't No, it doesn't dare. count.
1: It doesn't count. I don't want it. Well, it's not your gift. Like, I don't like when people do that, like, on your birthday. I'm like, no, no, this just, is my birthday.
0: I want a random day with nobody That's around. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I want it to just be, yeah. But it don't. But I don't need a big production. No. It's not my thing. No. It's not my thing. We're not, so, but we're not very romantic. No, but for those who are romantic and have had that nice night and the sheets have the rose petals oh, on it. Oh, rom- I but, would but, die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would literally die. I <laughs> came home, and the bathtub had Can all you, the candles Rebecca, and rose petals in the tub. I'm, like, I'm going back out. I'm <laughs> clean this up. This is a mess. You know what, Laura? My husband, I love you, Brian, is so unromantic. I shouldn't say that, because I got violently ill over the weekend. I'm going to TMI with all my podcasters, but... You know, you're vomiting. And, you know, there's a little pressure when you vomit. And maybe, you know, I, I maybe shit myself while I was vomiting. Mm-hmm. And this is what love is, is calling your husband out of bed. Um, Can you get me some clean clothes? And he just gets up and he does it. That really is that, what love yes, is? Oh, when you vomit on yourself and they help you. That's what love is, yep. okay? It's really not the bathtub with right. the flowers. But I wouldn't mind a candle once, maybe. Or, I don't know, a surprise. He's just... <laughs> not a romantic man okay he's a thoughtful man yeah he loves me to the ends of the earth but romance not his top yeah process mike but would probably be romantic <laughs> if i would oh, yeah. let him let him <laughs> your, your reaction to just the rose petals in the bed was i want you to go over the fucking top dude candles everywhere <laughs> all right I want, I want to trail from the back door Over Pluto Because you know he's not moving Up the stairs of rose petals Down the hallway Into the bedroom I, I wouldn't even walk in the house Probably <laughs> That is the best Well This is leading somewhere I swear yeah. For those people Who do like that Laura There are people that and like they that. A And they have Affectionate things Start oh. going bum bum, Deeds are done On Valentine's Day Well nine months later Mm-hmm we're going to have some births. We do have some births. So we decided to cover today uh, vaginal births, C-sections, ectopic pregnancies, and all the natural remedies for Ew. pregnancy. Those are gross. <laughs> I'm not happy that you looked into that. Okay. So uh, what do you want to do? You want to go first? You sure, want to I'll go first. go first. I mean, I'm going to wind up dominating half the conversation. Yeah. No, not really, because I'm reading from papers. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. All right. Uh, ectopic, ectopic pregnancies. Ectopic pregnancies.
1: Um, I got this information from Mayoclinic.org. Um, so all pregnancies begin with a fertilized egg, mm-hmm. as we should all know. Usually this fertilized egg attaches to the lining of the uterus. An ectopic pregnancy occurs when a fertilized egg implants and grows outside of the main uterus cavity.
0: And and egg fertilization I think happens in the tubes, correct? Yes. yes. So sometimes, you know, it doesn't progress out of the tube. Yeah. Um they most often occur in the fallopian tube,
1: which carries eggs to the uterus. These are usually called tubal pregnancies, but sometimes ectopic pregnancies, ectopic pregnancies occur in the ovary, the abdominal cavity, or the cervix. The
0: abdominal cavity would be so bizarre. Yeah, a, a,
1: like a lot of times it's of like the, the C-section scar or something. Yeah. Um the rates of occurrence it usually occurs in older women, um, in a person that's had multiple pregnancies, um, in non-white women. That's they have higher rates of ectopic pregnancy. Is
0: PID a complication too? Yeah, I'll get into. All that. right, I'm sorry I didn't. Know no, that. that's, just, all right. that's
1: that. just that's who it usually that's who it most often occurs in. Obviously, it can happen to anybody.
0: Right, um,
1: An ectopic cannot survive. An ectopic pregnancy cannot survive, period. If it is not attached to the uterus lining, it cannot feed the placenta. It cannot survive. Um, And the growing tissue can cause life-threatening bleeding. It accounts for 40 deaths per year in the U.S., an ectopic pregnancy. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, Symptoms of an ectopic, early, early symptoms. You're usually going to have your early signs and symptoms of pregnancy. You you know, you might be nauseous. Mm Might not feel great, whatever normal signs and symptoms of an early uh, pregnancy early on are. And you're going to have a positive pregnancy test because you are pregnant. Creating the home, yeah. Um, as the fer- fertilized egg grows, the signs and symptoms become more noticeable. They become different than pregnancy symptoms. Um, you're going to have light vaginal bleeding and pelvic pain. You can have shoulder pain. Um, they said that happens. I think the shoulder pain is when the tube starts to bleed, you get shoulder Ooh. pain.
0: Um, and well, shoulder pain also happens like in scopes and stuff when any of the abdomens get pressure, it's the way the pressure, yeah, refers where, to where to the pressure is weird. Um, and you might have an
1: urge to have a bowel movement. Specific symptoms depend on where the ectopic is and what like nerves are affected by mm-hmm. blood or pressure or whatever. Um, emergency symptoms of a, an ectopic are like if your fallopian tube ruptures because of this Oof, pregnancy in your rough. tube. Imagine how gonna painful have, that would be. No. You're going to have extreme lightheadedness, you faint, and you're going to have signs and symptoms of shock because you mm-hmm. are bleeding.
0: You're bleeding out. Um, And some of them come in and they are like hemorrhaging. Oh, yeah. They're like, it's bro- it's rough.
1: Um, seek medical treatment for any of the signs and symptoms of an ectopic, including severe abdominal pain and vaginal bleeding, extreme lightheadedness or fainting, shoulder pain. And like I said, because you're getting that because your fallopian tube is ruptured mm-hmm. um the causes of tubals tubal um pregnancies are usually from an egg getting stuck because of a damaged misshapen or inflamed fallopian Sorry, tube there it is, yeah. um hormone imbalances or abdom- um abnormal development of the egg can also be a cause of um, an ectopic risk factors are previous ectopics if you have had an ectopic you are at higher risk for having another ectopic um, inflammation or infection STIs, if you have a chlamydia or gonorrhea, especially they cause um, pelvic inflammatory disease and your tubes can get inflamed and yet that pregnancy can get stuck in the tube. Um, Fertility treatments are risk factors. IVF or similar treatments make it more likely to have an ectopic. Tubal surgery, if you had previous tubal surgery to correct a closed Mm -hmm. tube or a damaged tube, now you've had surgery on that tube, right, so it's so going to have tissue scar and stuff, tissue and everything. So it's more likely that a, uh, a fertilized egg can get stuck. <coughs> um, and it's people are like, well, it got up there to get fertilized. But now it's a fertilized egg, so it's a bigger egg and it's growing, so it can't yeah, get sperm's back out. a lot smaller than yeah. the egg. Um, your choice of birth control can be a risk factor. An IUD in place makes it more likely for you to have an ectopic pregnancy if you get pregnant with an IUD. It's very rare to get pregnant with an right, IUD. Right, because it's supposed to make like you're already pregnant. Right. But some people, do. you know, it's like 99.9, don't. But then you yeah. could have that 0.1. But it's more likely that you will have an ectopic pregnancy if you get pregnant with an IUD. It is also more likely if you would have an ectopic if you had a um, tubal ligation. Because mm. sometimes it's not a complete yeah. ligation. You can still get pregnant. But now that yeah. egg is going to be stuck in that tube that's been partially ligated. Um, and smoking is a risk factor. Cigarette smoking just before getting pregnant increases the risk, and the more you smoke, the greater the risk. Uh, Complications of an ectopic, um, they can cause the fallopian tube to rupture, just Mm -hmm. burst wide open. And without treatment, the the ruptured fallopian tube can lead to life-threatening bleeding. Prevention, there is no way to prevent ectopics, but you can lower your risks um, by limiting the number of sexual partners and using a condom, when you have sex to prevent mm-hmm. STIs, because that will reduce I mean, the if it's risk. Valentine's
0: Day, you can use, you know, flavored ones, glow-in-the-dark oh, yeah, ones, whatever you want. Ones, yeah. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. Get crazy.
1: Um, that lowering your risk of STIs lowers your risk of pelvic inflammatory disease. Um, don't smoke. If you do, quit before you even try to get pregnant. Right. Like, don't be smoking and be oh, look, I'm pregnant. I'll stop now. <laughs> Wait, if y'all like thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I'm crowning. I might have put that pack a day away. <laughs> so just stop before you, once you start thinking about getting pregnant. Um, to diagnose a um, ectopic pregnancy, your doctor is going to do a pelvic exam. That helps identify areas of pain and tenderness, or if they can feel a mass in the fallopian tube, if they can feel a mass in your ovary, if they can feel a mass elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, they won't diagnose you just based off the pelvic exam. They're going to then say, mm, okay, this feels funny in your fallopian tube. Let's do a um pregnancy test. The doctor will order the HCG blood test to confirm, yeah, you're pregnant. That's what this is. Um, um, And that may be repeated every few days until an ultrasound can confirm where that pregnancy is. Because it might say you're pregnant, but you can't see it anyway yet because it's in the early stages. Um, And usually you can see the pregnancy um, five to six weeks after conception. So, you might be taking that test yeah. every few days for five to six weeks until they can say, Yeah, we it's see the, the pregnancy and it's in or, the yeah. tube. Um, they're going to do ultrasounds. They can do a transvaginal ultrasound, which allows the doctor to see the, the location of the pregnancy because they can see the cervix, the uterus, mm-hmm. the fallopian tubes, and the ovaries using a vaginal ultrasound. And that is a big wand. Up yahoo! Up yahoo! Um, and then they can also do an abdominal ultrasound to confirm the pregnancy or look for internal bleeding. Yeah. So the transvaginal ultrasound will more be like, yeah, I can see the pregnancy in your tube mm-hmm. and the abdominal ultrasound is more like looking for blood or just confirming that you are pregnant. Um, they'll do other blood tests. You're going to get a CBC, which is a complete blood count to check for signs of bleeding, anemia, anything like that. And they might also do a type and cross match for your blood type in case you need a transfusion if you do sh- yeah. so show signs of blood loss. Um, how they treat ectopics depends on when they find the ectopic. Um, again, an ectopic is non-viable; it needs to be removed. Um, It'd be interesting if someday
0: they could transplant. it I'm sure they're working, working on, on it because you know just they know can put dam- in a fertilized like How damaged the egg. is the fetus though at that point? Right, I don't like know. to yeah, it's been stuck. There. I don't
1: know, but right now ectopic pregnancies are, are non-viable because you again you need that lining of right. the uterus to feed it. Um, And they have to be removed to prevent life-threatening complications. If an ectopic is found very, very early, without unstable bleeding, like if they say, oh, yeah, there's a pregnancy in a tube, but there's no rupture, there's no other problems, um, they can treat it with methotrexate, Mm -hmm. which stops cell growth and dissolves the existing cells. Um, It's an injection that you're going to get from your doctor. After the injection, um, you will have repeat HCG tests to check your hormones. To make sure that the shot has worked, that the it's not growing anymore, right. and um, to see if you need more another injection or not. Um, there are two surgeries that can be done to remove ectopics if it's further along and you can't use the use the methotrexate. One is a salpingostomy and one is a salpingectomy. Um, both can be done laparoscopically. Salping Gostopy is when um, the ectopic is removed from the fallopian tube and the tube is left in the body. So they just and make an incision, yeah, take the egg out, repair the fallopian tube, and you still have your <clears> tube. <throat> um, uh, salpingectomy is when the tube and the ectopic are both removed. A lot of times when we see them, we just do the salpingectomy. This is
0: usually when emergent when it comes in. Right. These women are bleeding. It's an emergent case. It's already they come burst. Up right out. burst.
1: Yeah. ruined. It's Blown the tube. Blown the tube, and we just take yeah. the tube and the ectopic pregnancy out. Um, which surgery that gets performed depends on the amount of bleeding and damage to the tube. Also, if you don't have another fallopian tube, if you've already gonna had damage, they're going to try as much as they can yeah. to keep that tube in there. Even if they're like, mm, it's pretty far gone, yeah. they're going to try to save your tube just so you have an option. Hopefully one that so works. It's
0: really sad sometimes because it's somebody who's been trying. I know. And they they've lie, had IVF. You know, this yeah. is like the last. Allow- and
1: then you get this and you have to take that tube. And it's 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 brutal. Um, If, um, if your tube has ruptured, your surgery will be emergent because you are bleeding now. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually the tube cannot be saved if it's that far. Right. An ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy and when it is lost, it's devastating to people. Mm -hmm. Um, you should seek out help, support, counseling, whatever you need. It is a loss of a pregnancy. Um, And women who have ectopics can go on to have um, healthy pregnancies in Mm -hmm. the future. Um, And if both of your tubes are removed or damaged, if you're like, that was my last one and I blew it, you know, um, IVF can still be performed. They can still take eggs out of your ovaries and put it in your uterus and then put it in your uterus. You can have a pregnancy without your tubes, um, but it is obviously a very sad and oh, yeah. devastating Losing so, any pregnancy for somebody yeah. can be brutal well, that's ectopics
0: well let's say that fertilized egg makes its all way into the uterus and mm-hmm. it implants and it creates a placenta and it grows and it grows and it grows for mm-hmm. nine months and now comes the time it has to come out <laughs> of the human body as we like it's to the say best time so much fun we're gonna talk the old-fashioned way first okay. the uh old vaginal way okay yep. um which, you know, I was lucky to have three this yep. way. That was a, such a good time. <laughs> now, I want to preface all of my information with this is a fun podcast, nursing podcast. I'm not an A&P class. I'm not going in-depth no. to vaginal deliveries and C-sections. This is a brief overview. Yes. Okay, just yep. so you have a kind of an idea. You want to go in-depth, go to Lamaze class. <laughs> okay? All right. So... Vaginal birth Mm -hmm. is the most common way to deliver a baby. About 70% of babies are delivered vaginally in the United States. I'm surprised by that. I know. Yeah. I know. During a vaginal delivery is when your cervix is going to thin, it's going to open up, and your uterus contracts to push the baby out of your vagina. Sounds sweet, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's a fucking process. That, my (laughs) love is a process. process. Long, painful fucking process. When you start to feel your contractions coming at regular intervals, you're considered in labor. Mm-hmm. When the cervix thins and opens, it's dilation and effacement. Mm-hmm. So you go from a zero, which is a pinhole, to a 10, which is the size of a baby's head. Yeah. Can you only imagine for one second how that's going to feel when mm-hmm. you're going through it? Okay. No, I can. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wish I could do it all over again. Three <laughs> times. All right. So... Birth happens over three stages. Mm-hmm. Stage one is the first stage of labor begins when you start having your contractions. Mm-hmm. Some people will have contractions and then they stop, your water breaks, you know. Um if your water breaks, this this isn't covered in here. If your water breaks, you've got to go right in. Cause within 24 hours you can start getting fevers, the baby can get ill. So whether you're having contractions or not, your water breaks, you go in and you get you go get yourself checked. Yeah. Um, So the first stage of labor is going to begin when you have the contractions. It's called progressive changes. Mm -hmm. And it's causing progressive changes in your cervix. And it ends when you are fully dilated. But first time moms, the first stage of labor can last from 12 to 19 hours or 24, depending on who you are. Like me. Mine lasted forever. Oh, it was like it can be days. All right. (sighs) Stage two. That begins when you are fully dilated, mm. and it ends with the birth of your little tiny baby, or your ten pounder, whatever yeah, you decide to have. I... It's called the pushing stage. I had no clue what pushing meant until I pushed for three hours. I can't and I was even like, fathom oh, that. Oh, this is this is fucking something. My second stage, t- maybe twenty minutes with each one. Three fucking no. hours with Cameron. I had oxygen in one hand. I had the med student yelling at him and Brian, pulling my legs up because I'm on an epidural and. <laughs> All right, let's go it was you want to see a mirror no i don't want a fucking mirror no. i want oh, them out of God, my body do you want the mirror no yeah. I don't. so it, I want to for see me it. it was a lot longer than a few hours yeah. but they usually say i mean they told me at the time of course my kid's 20 so things may have changed but three hours was about the max they were going to let you push before you needed a c-section and Eesh. they were just about to c-section when he decided all right gave up the ghost no it's like 10 pushes with one and 12 with the other Well, knowing him as an adult, I'm not shocked that that's exactly how it went. You have to push the shit out of him before he finally does what he has to do. All right. And then stage three is the part right after the birth when your baby, with the end of your baby and your placenta comes out. And that lasts for like 20 minutes or less. Now, me new to mom forgot all about the placenta not thinking about the placenta baby's out and in my head I thought he pulls the placenta out with him no 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 so they're doing shit and I'm like why am I burning it's happening again it's happening it's oh no because now I'm birthing the placenta I'm like oh this isn't a good time this is not a good time I didn't feel that at all either time for those of us who don't like pain Mm -hmm. there are options for pain Mm -hmm. when you have a baby one of them is an epidural Mm -hmm. I wanted it at conception but they told me I had to wait till I was in labor an epidural it delivers continuous pain meds through a thin, thin tube inserted into your lower back mm-hmm. blocks pain in the lower part of your body while allowing you to remain fully conscious so they're going to tell you at a certain stage you're not to get an epi- you can't get an epidural anymore and i actually asked one of the anesthesiologists is this true he's like what happens is when they're that close they can't sit still for the epidural so when i had garrett mm-hmm. i thought they had to be close together the contractions no, it was the intensity of them. So mm-hmm. I was having extremely intense contractions at home every 20 minutes. But I was like, well, they're supposed to be two minutes apart. I was freaking birth the kid in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So by the time I came in, I was eight centimeters. Mm-hmm. And they were like, do you think you can sit still for an epidural? I'm like, honey, I won't move a fucking muscle. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I got how it. My pain I got I it. And I sat there and I was like laser focused. <laughs> and Brian's there. I'm clutching him because I'm getting contractions. Mm-hmm. And they were painful. And I was like, nope. I, and I didn't move mm-hmm. a fucking muscle. Yeah. And as soon as that medicine went in, I was like a whole new woman. Oh. It's like the clouds opened up. The doves came <laughs> this is out. Lovely. It's like, oh, I can think again. So you can have an epidural. Mm-hmm. Or you can have a spinal block. Yes. Eh. A spinal block is an injection that gives rapid relief to the lower part of your body, but it's only a few hours. It's kind of like a one-time deal, whereas an epidural that can continually dose. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get an... Um, the lot of time, they'll do the spinal with a C-section. Right. Yeah. And you can get a spinal or an epidural block, which offers rapid pain relief from the spinal, and then the continuous relief of an epidural. Um, this might be if you need immediate relief, so you can sit still mm-hmm. for your epidural. They can give you systemic painkillers. They don't like to do that because it can affect the baby. Mm-hmm. So I will often refer to a vaginal birth as a natural childbirth, but that's not. A natural childbirth is you decide you're going to birth this baby, in the wild. I don't know nothing about birth in <laughs> I'm just going to dig a hole in the backyard, no. squat, and this shit's coming out. I don't know why you would voluntarily. I'm going to get a lot of enemies for this, oh, but yeah. I don't know why you would voluntarily not choose medication. That's me. Because I wouldn't have my appendix out without medication. I wouldn't have my tonsils out without medication. I know. It's a whole sure as hell like, not,
1: movement thing. Like, but I'm not that person. To experience. I'm like, I don't need to. Experience pain. I, I
0: experience both of them. Mm-hmm. I, I was there. I, I don't understand out. it. Like, like, it was like a flamethrower on my crotch. Why would I want that for hours? I, I
1: didn't have that with Jack because the only place the epidural worked was my Your vagina. crotch, <laughs> <laughs> my stomach. I could feel every contract, yeah, like I all can still of that. Feel the contractions and everything. No, you I mean, mean like just as sharp as it was right. before. I just couldn't feel my legs on my vagina, which was, I was like whatever. So I didn't feel any of that with him. And then with Sam, it fell out before I had him. But it helped with the contractions. But down below, I could feel everything. Ooh, and no. I was like, what? What is this? Yeah, this isn't supposed to what? happen. burning. And they're like, oh, the ring of fire. I'm like, the what? And they're like, the ring of fire. I'm like, I didn't have this. And they're like, no, that's so you don't push through that. I'm like, oh, that's why I ripped with Jack. Because I just pushed through. Because I didn't yeah, feel anything. I ripped with Cam and, and I But I didn't feel a thing. So I was like, yeah, just push. And with Sam, yeah. I had that. And they're like, when you feel that, don't push. And I was like, oh, OK. Oh, I get that. This is actually helpful. So I do get, like, it is helpful to feel some of the stuff.
0: But I'll take the tearing. Thank you very it's much. <laughs> <laughs> and I, don't I did eat. not like that feeling. And I remember after Cameron, I still had the epidural, and they had pulled it. And, you know, and they're like, you need painkillers? I'm good. I'm good. By the time I made it to my room, I was like, I'll take crack, tellurin, <laughs> whatever you got. It's on fire. I need something. It was bad. It was bad. So a natural birth is often referred to an unmedicated approach to labor and birth. Laura, mm-hmm. it may suit you Mm-mm. <laughs> if you want to remain in control of your body as much as possible and have minimal routine interventions such as continuous electronic monitoring. All right, they're going to monitor that baby whether you're giving it natural epidural or anything because. So I don't know what like, <coughs> I don't know what they. I think at home, they won't monitor. Yeah, but I would. Why wouldn't you want your child monitored? That's if, how. I so mean, home births Jack, are
1: dangerous. I don't. I know. I've told with Jack. I went in and I was having contractions like literally every three minutes, but nothing was happening. Like no hmm. changes or anything. And they were like, oh, I'm like, you're going to send me home. And then they checked him and they were like, oh, no, you're going into bed and you're not moving. This we is what I'm move. talking his about. His heart rate would go so right. low. They kept flying in. They you're had a little thing in his head. you know something's wrong. He was so bad. And yeah. they're like, we might run you out of here yeah.
0: emergently because his heart rate is so low. And I'm like, okay. I'm such a nut that I had been going to um, a GYN I liked, but he delivers at a small hospital. And I was like, nope. I want to go to the hospital where the baby's gonna go mm-hmm. if something happens. Mm-hmm. That's like so I moved myself to a big facility that's my thought because too. I wanted to make sure there was an ICU. Oh, because I didn't want to be separated from the child I got, or something.
1: Why are you doing it in Boston? Then people have to go into Boston to visit you. And I'm Don't like, A, me. we live five miles from mm-hmm. Boston. It's not far. And I'm like, and B because if something happens to that kid, I don't give a shit if you can't visit me. I give
0: a shit that he's in a place where they can take care of him. Right, right. You I know, don't want to worry he's getting med-flighted in right. or whatever, I don't want, want him on a no. fucking helicopter, me at the so hospital. So I'm not that way, which is why yeah. I can never wrap my head around, I'm going to do this in my bedroom yeah. at home. Um, it's possible to have an unmedicated birth in a traditional hospital setting, but some women prefer an alternative setting, such as a birthing center, to make home birth as safe as possible. Sorry, I got to switch my page. Um, of course, it cut out. So... <laughs> Um, I'm not a big fan. I had a friend who gave birth at a bathtub. I'm going to get into those later. Not my thing. No. Um, I don't want to be sitting in afterbirth. That's,
1: that <laughs> is my number
0: one thought. I'm like, that's great that they're comfortable coming out. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my shit. I don't want to be in sitting my in my afterbirth. Percentile. It's disgusting. And it's, like
1: all that shit that is now in of you. Do you have? <laughs> I mean, you've seen a birth. Like it's a, whoosh, like a, gu- like, No (laughs) flies. I mean, it's a lot of shit coming out of there.
0: Yep, a lot of fluid. There's a A lot lot of fluid fluid in there. I mean, if from our point of view, when you see the drapes that they use to get ready for all the fluid that's coming out, I don't want to then be sitting in it. It's disgusting. Okay, I don't want to sit in any of my. I don't even like a bath. Just a bath. It's 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 not for me. No. Um. If you're having problems progressing with labor, they're going to induce contractions. They give you pitocin. They give you stuff Mm -hmm. to get you going, and you need to do that to get it growing. Um, I'm not getting into VVACs right now. Okay, so you're having that baby. And like Laura said, maybe some of us had an epidural and you don't have that ring of fire. I did not have it the first time. I sure had it the second. The baby's (laughs) going to tear his way out. Yeah, he is. So vaginal tears happen during childbirth. They're also called perineal lacerations. Um, It's a tear in the tissue, skin and muscle around your vagina and perineum. Mm -hmm. The perineum, also known as the tank, because mm-hmm. the tank, pussy taint ass is the piece of material between your vagina and your bumhole. It's a very, right. very thick, big area. It's a weird area. Yeah. A, and the men they sometimes used to go in there to get the prostate that way. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. No. Oh my god. Um, I remember that? Yeah. yeah. It's a long time ago, but yeah. they used to go in and get the prostate through the tank. Yeah. So the perineum, as I explained, is that space um in the the tear happens so that the baby's head, which could be a 10-pounder, is going to get through. But it is very common for you to tear. Up to 90% of people who give birth will have some tear during the vaginal delivery. Mm. There are four types of perineal tears. Yeah, uh. I remember this scarring me in nursing school. Okay, so the first <laughs> degree is the least severe. Injuries, um, it involves just one layer of skin around your vagina and perineal area, and it usually doesn't require stitches. Mm-hmm. Second-degree tear. It's the second level of tearing is the most common. The tear is slightly bigger. It extends deeper through your skin into the underlying muscles of your vagina and perineum. And the tear requires stitches. Mm -hmm. Third degree tear. Um, I must have had a second because I don't think my butthole was hurt. A third degree tear extends from your vagina to your anus. This Mm -hmm. type of tear involves injury to the skin and muscle of your perineal area, as well as damage to your anal sphincter muscles. These muscles control how you poop, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you need stitches with a third degree tear. Mm -hmm. Fourth degree, least common. This is the least common type of tear during childbirth, extending from your vagina through your perineum and through your anal sphincter into your rectum. Mm -hmm. It is the most severe type, and you might have to go to the OR. Oh, for yeah, this if type you're tearing tear. your rectum, yes,
1: and you're tearing your sphincter, which can you need Controls, to fix yeah. that. Sphincter. So
0: these women can have issues post, yeah, baby, with bad. um, with retention and you know, um, fecal retention, yeah, or incontinence, I should say. So I'm pretty sure I had a second degree, I a second. and I was in the stirrups for 45 minutes after he was born while they were stitching mm-hmm. me up. And there's my husband snapping pictures. So I'm holding the baby, but he didn't think to get the surgeon's head out of my vagina out of the picture because my legs are up. His head's right there. And then me holding the baby, I'm like, Brian, I couldn't show the pictures to anybody. Like, I, can't, I can't pass these around. No. Like, are you out of your mind? No. God bless him. Okay. There was
1: no pictures happening in my, in uh, my delivery room. Well,
0: you know, it's your firstborn, we were taking pics. No. All right. You know what's sad is number three? I don't have one fucking picture of his birth. I was like, oh, there he is. Isn't he cute? Okay, I'm going back to I don't to have back. pictures of either of my children's birth not the actual birth but after like you know them in the little bassinet the oh, weight yeah. the pick the bait the bath this and that so he was taking pictures of me holding the baby after i hit but it was 45 minutes yeah. later and i'm still in stirrups yeah you know? we didn't do it till we got to a, that was a good time um
1: what's it called in the room oh, like, was a- like
0: a, how and you know in as an nurse, i'm like oh vicals how many vitals are we using mm-hmm. like what's going on down there how, how long is this going to take him yeah all right so factors that can Increase your chances of tearing are it's your first delivery. Mm-hmm. Me, me. Yeah. The baby's face is sunny side up instead oh! of face down. Yeah. They've used forceps or vacuum delivery. We could get into all that. I'm not getting into that, but those can be pretty well, traumatic. They're like, yeah, they're, they're traumatic. They're running it, isn't it? Is. Yeah. Um, you have a large baby. You have prolonged pushing. That was also part of my mm-hmm. problem. Um, you are have you've had an epidural. Yep. I also that's had that. what my problem is because yeah. I couldn't feel it. So I just pushed right through. Yeah. So. All right, so complications of vaginal tears. They are uncomfortable and they are painful. Yes, they are. If to this day, my son is 20, when I get my period, I can feel the tear. Now, because I, had I had the, the weight. Like,
1: the, they sewed it
0: all up and all that stuff. I never
1: needed pain meds out. Like, oh, I, I was, never
0: felt it. I was in bad shape. Yeah. I, like I said, the nurse came in. She's like, oh, you look like hamburger meat down there. Like, not a description. I ever want to no. hear about my vagina, no. but thanks for sharing. No. Okay. But I people do say it, but I've never had no. pain. You were it. also a lot younger. Well, no, I mean, you were six years younger than me when you had him, yeah. but I mean, it's not like you were years and years behind me, uh-huh. but I, um, I could feel, it. I can still feel yeah. it. So, but most small vaginal tears will heal within two weeks. It's common to feel discomfort for a month or two if your tear was large. Third and fourth degree tears are more complications due to their oh, yeah. severity. You can have infections, bleeding, painful intercourse. Mm. Once you're permitted to have intercourse, Laura, because you got to wait. You, well, I think you're going to want to wait. Well, if you'd be surprised. Some, my nurse and instructor said she had one woman gave birth and had to chase the husband out of the room because he was climbing on top of her after she gave birth. She was like this. Fi- I actually filed paperwork on. him. Yeah, you should abuse because it. that's yeah, abuse. abuse. Yeah. It was abuse. Uh, but so they were fucking idiots out there. Um, Fecal incontinence, leaking yeah. poop, ongoing pain and soreness. So if you have any of these, you need to um, go and get that checked. All right, so yeah, I'm not going to go through management of tears. Um, that will be done if God forbid you ever have to have one. But so you know that is a risk when you were having a vaginal birth. Tears, mm-hmm. C-sections. I'm almost done, guys. All right, <laughs> C-section <laughs> is used to deliver a baby through a surgical incision made in the abdomen and uterus. All this information came from Mayo Clinic, FYI. Um, so C sections, people now are like planning them ahead, even if they've never had a vaginal birth. They just, oh, I want to do a C section. They don't. They want, I don't, to, they want I, to control I will never everything. never understand. Why they you want to want control to Have surgery. Yep. They're yeah. going to know the sex of the baby, where it's going to college, what day it's going to be born. Like it's ridiculous. Okay. So, um, you might need one if your labor isn't progressing normally, the baby is in distress, the baby or babies are in usual position. A lot of people delivering twins have C sections. You are carrying more than one baby. There is a problem with the placenta, as like it's covering the cervix or, you know, you get placenta um, abruptia or whatever. Yeah. A prolapsed umbilical cord, a major problem because mm-hmm. that can lead to um, cerebral palsy and things. There's a health concern for uh, women who may have heart and brain conditions. They think that the pushing might be too stressful right. on the mother. Or there's a blockage, like a fi- fibroid or something's blocking um, the the canal or there's a pelvic fracture or the baby's got this massive gigantic melon and Mm. they they know it's not going to come through the badge. um or you've had previous other c-sections so they you can do a v-back which is you can have a c-section and then try vaginal birth but you really can risk rupturing the uterus doing that um it's not something i would recommend people have done it people have done it successfully but it would scare me some women will request c-sections for their first baby they want to avoid labor or the possible complications of a vaginal birth bullshit stuff to do or they may want to plan the time of delivery like it babies come when babies come yeah. like you can't control this Mm-mm. shit i'm sorry um but it's not rec- it's not a recommended practice to do this yeah um, i think that they're going away from
1: that that was like a huge trend do you remember like five ten yeah. years like everyone was i'm just gonna do a plan c why
0: there's nothing yeah. wrong why are you right. gonna have surgery going? major
1: sur- it's a major surgery
0: when the baby's ready the baby's ready yeah. all right and they'll let you know trust me so the risk to babies for a C-section um they can develop breathing issues they can tend to breathe too fast after days after birth which is called transient tachypnea or they can have a surgical injury it's very rare but mm-hmm. sometimes a nick I mean we've done recently some uh, emergency sections and I'll tell you they just slice and go in and they have to they because have to. the baby's You're dying. Saving the baby and the mother. It scares the shit out of me because yeah. you don't I'm know like, like, like the baby yeah. right? There. Are we going to slice the face like yeah. Risks to the mother for a C-section are infection. Mm -hmm. After the C-section, you can have infection. We've seen those come in. Mm -hmm. Blood loss, uh, reactions to anesthesia. That's with any surgery. A lot of these are with any surgery. Blood clots, surgical injury. Um, It can do an increase to risk of future pregnancies because it's... um, C-section increases the risk of complications in later pregnancies and in other surgeries. The more C-sections, the higher the risk of placenta previa in a condition which the placenta becomes attached to the wall of the uterus and placenta accretia where it actually grows in. Mm-hmm. Like the placenta is supposed to kind of shed off and right. come out. Accreta, it grows like a spider into the wall of the uterus and doesn't let go. And that can be a huge problem. And you can also risk tearing along the scar line, like I said. Right, you've um, now weakened that right, right. muscle. Um, they can be done at home, which I think is bizarre. No. Oh. Your healthcare provider may ask Oh no, I'm sorry. Take that back. Scratch, that was wrong. This is what to do before a C section. <laughs> Yeah, at home, and this isn't the crown where we're doing a lobectomy yeah. in the middle of the fucking palace. <laughs> uh, at home, your healthcare provider may ask you to shower at home with an antiseptic soap the night before yeah, the C-section. Yeah. Don't shave your pubic hair within 24 hours of your C-section because that can bring infection. Mm-hmm. And um, if your hair needs to be removed, they're going to do it when you get in there. Some people wax consistently but you shouldn't really touch that area and get any risk of infection right. before at the hospital you're going to be cleaned they're going to put a tube uh give you a fully catheter in your bladder ivs are going to be placed in um and you're going to be all prepped out ready to go dad's going to be brought in sat at the head and they're going to begin the procedure mm-hmm. most of these are done on a regional so you can have an active participation in your child's birth um and you have to know like you're still birthing this baby miss Scarlett, when you have a c-section um, to watch it done is it's it's something.
1: one of the most I remember we would do it we had to do one down in the o l like an emergent one and the person scrubbing it hadn't scrubbed he, excellent scrub but he hadn't scrubbed a c-section before I'm like okay you need this x y and z. And he's like, okay, well, what about retracting? I'm like, they're gonna pull it open with the hands. And mm-hmm. he's like, Okay, but what about no, I'm like they're going, they're going to pull, to pull it open. open with their hands? And he's mm-hmm. like, No, that I'm like, I'm telling you, it's the most violent surgery. And then I've they're ever gonna seen.
0: scoop in behind yeah. that and pop it out yeah. push on her stomach till she's vomiting at the head. <laughs> it's pressure. I said, it is the most violent surgery I have ever yeah, seen. It's rough. And he's like,
1: No, I'm like, I'm telling you. So then we come down, we do it, and he's like, That was literally the most violent. Oh my god, yeah. no. Especially an emergency, but any of them, they're all yes. it's very
0: but if it's you a have a lovely old, she just needs a C section, you know, wasn't progressing, and you put me in that room, right until the moment that baby is delivered, I, I am very engaged. Mm-hmm. But it's the only surgery where, if everything goes well, there wow, is a like cute like, little lovely. fucking baby looking at you, little toes, little fingers, I'm done? Yeah. All I'm doing now is staring what at the is it, bassinet. What is it over yeah. there? What's, what's you don't got? need a silk. You go, no, sh- 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 everything's all, on the mayo. Yeah, help so yourselves. help yourselves, guys. It's yeah. a buffet now. Oh, look at the little baby. How much is he breathing? Oh, everything's good? Okay. Because yeah. they're so fucking cute with those little faces. Oh, my God. I can't so stand sweet. it. They do that little duck thing. <laughs> they Come do. And they're, and they're crying. And then they bundle them all up like the little turkey. Oh, and they get the little so bozo odd. or whatever oh, on yeah. their head. Oh, no. I can't stand it. I can bury myself in babies. All right. So abdominal incisions. The doctor makes his incision. We just basically told you what's going to happen and mm-hmm. they literally deliver the baby through that uterus and then the poor mom is you know she's holding that baby Plate she's open. like whatever the fuck's going and then they're closing closing and closing and working on that uterus and it's amazing how quickly it, yeah. it goes down it's pretty it's pretty fast so you're going to be in the hospital two to three days um they will talk about pain relief and different options you're going to need once the anesthesia wears off like any surgery they're going to want you to eat drink and walk make mm-hmm. sure you don't get blood clots Et cetera. They're sure going to take the poop. catheter out to make sure you pee, make yeah. sure you poop. Uh, you can start breastfeeding as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll talk about breastfeeding with you when you get there. When you go home, you could be, you have discomfort. You could be tired uh, to promote healing. You you know, it's one of the only, it's the only surgery you're going to go home and they're going to expect you to go full speed ahead after having a major abdominal surgery. Right. But you really need to rest. Easier said than done when now you were taking care of a newborn. Right. You try to keep everything your baby needs within the reach. For the don't lift more than twenty five pounds. You do really need to try to take it easy. You shouldn't be driving. You've had major. If you had your uterus removed,
1: you wouldn't be doing that stuff and you, after right, when right. you recover. It's the same surgery, right? You need like, to be
0: get. You yeah. need some time to relax, and and you need to you know use your pain meds if you're in pain. You take them. Mm-hmm. Wait to have sex to prevent an infection. You wait to drive because you're taking pain meds and they can affect you driving. Mm-hmm. And just, um, like, you're going to be... Even if you're not taking
1: narcotics right
0: after, like, if you just right. not... You're still in pain right. and you are not right. strong. You, like you just you shouldn't, shouldn't be driving. driving. You shouldn't be driving. No. Uh, check your C-section for signs of infection. Is it red, swollen, leaking, discharge? Do you have a fever? Do you have heavy bleeding? Is the pain getting worse? Mm-hmm. Um, and then start raising your kids because yep. teenage years are worse than anything I just described <laughs> right now. Way more painful than any they of that. suck. Oh. So, last night, I'm writing this podcast... Well, Laura and I are going back and forth. What do you, this is what we do when we write our podcast. We go back and forth. What are you covering? I don't know. I'm covering this. Okay. I'm going to add this. I just finished this. I said, okay. Well, I'm going to add a little surprise. And I was not here. happy with this. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I, I just came across some shit, weird shit. Some weird shit. And it's going to be good. She's like, well, I don't have a lot. I'm like, well, all right. She's like, you should have waited to tell me this stuff because it's just so Just to get fucking- my pure reactions from it because it's fucking gross. But we're going to go back and forth. Okay, now I'm sure there's somebody out there right now munching on their granola, eating their organic whatever. They're vegan. They've had their kid. Their kid was birthed at home in the tub. They sat in their afterbirth. They did all their (laughs) shit. And they're going to hear this and going to say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And there is not. But Laura and I are not those people. We're city folk. And (laughs) we're judgy and we gossip and we are fucking going to make fun of it. Okay, so you do you and now I'm going to do me. Let me do me. (laughs) All right, so I'm doing me with some of the shit we found. So Laura, you take it away first. All right, I
1: can't decide which like which one's which the grossest, disgusting thing to talk about first. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna do um, delayed bathing first. So I got this from International Childbirth Education Association. Mm-hmm. It is now recommended, like by everybody, that you wait at least eight hours after birth to bathe the baby so usually you know they you take them out you're still in like the little labor and delivery room and they bathe the baby well at least when we had kids because they covered in
0: blood shit yeah vernix and everything else Uh, you know they covered in like this white cream cream um
1: so anyways the vernix does help To reduce instability associated with cold stress, the babies get cold. You have to keep Mm -hmm. them warm. You know, the temps are always up. They put them under a little warm as if they're cold. It does stress their bodies to be cold. Mm -hmm. Um, It decreases hypoglycemia, the incidence of it. It decreases um, weight loss in infants, and it um, helps to decrease jaundice. Also, the skin is protected from the antibacterial and antimicrobial properties of the vernix. That's what it is there for. Um, And early seeding it helps the early seeding of the newborn microbiome so like you're trying to keep all this the stuff they get from the mother like my microbes are on that baby and that helps them seed their Mm -hmm. microbiome which helps them protect against disease and all this um also the smell of the amniotic fluid which is on them it's disgusting well yeah but it is it (laughs) smells like breast milk so it helps a baby
0: latch on latch on
1: if you leave it on, and they smell okay. Like they what can I want to know is how
0: do they know this? Because since the birthing of babies, everybody's cleaning that shit off immediately. Well, in like I'm modern day here, yeah, huh?
1: they've done studies like of not cleaning them and cleaning them. Mm-hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was Mayo or Cleveland Clinic. The nurses in the labor and delivery no, room did a study. Okay. They were like, "There's a there's something happening here with people who are like, no, don't wash them right away." and people that didn't and they did a study of like a thousand babies in all of this they were more stable they didn't drop their blood sugar like it really give you this one it did help so it used to be you know they'd clean them within two hours and now they encourage you to wait like a day but they are i forget there was like a little catchphrase with the eight hours they are like they're the everywhere is adopting this don't bathe them for at least eight hours I'll,
0: i'll get that but can we clean a little bit off I mean, maybe their eyes, mouth. So you can give them a little maybe the kiss. shit, clean the shit off of them.
1: <laughs> but anyways, that's delayed birthing. Mm-hmm. That does seem. I'm not.
0: Too, I mean, I will give you that one.
1: I will. That, give you that does one. seem that it is very right. If it's helpful, helpful. For the
0: right, I'll give um, you that.
1: I do think it's. It does seem very beneficial to delay the bath for at least eight hours, <laughs> which bath. is now the recommended <laughs> practice.
0: Well, I'm talking about wa- water birthing. Okay, water birthing. Um. I got my information from HealthyChildren.org. A water birth is giving birth while soaking in a tub of warm water in your own afterbirth. My first high school Uh, boyfriend was born in a tub. I can't. I just can't. I couldn't get over that. You know, you're all out there for everybody to see. And No, 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 no. Home water births can be planned with help of a midwife. Mm -hmm. We should cover an episode two of just all the different types of nurses era. Yeah, we should. Water births appear to improve comfort in the early first stage of labor, but not beyond that. Oh. There is no benefit of water birthing to the newborn. In fact, there could be bacteria in the water that could be harmful to the newborn. There's and 100% going to be bacteria in that water. can be serious because now the kid, like you don't, not I assuming they're not breathing in it, but you just, mm mm-mm, mm mm um, That's literally all it says about water bathing, but it's basically like people aren't doing it anymore because there is a huge risk of that baby getting infected because water is a bacteria it's it's made for infection Mm -hmm. you're in a warm bath Mm -hmm. bacteria loves warm warm water and now you get all this shit stuff in there that's going to breed more stuff and some mothers have infections that's all coming out in that water Mm -hmm. that that baby is now in you just it's not a way to go
1: so that was they 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 do do them in the hospital too i know you can get have them you can go to a
0: birthing birthing center yeah and they, like I told you, my girlfriend, I think at Beverly Hospital, she they had a birthing center and she had this, oh, and she went on and on and on. I mean, she also knits all her own clothes, grows all her own food, you know what well, I mean? She's very right, natural. She's sweet. She's <laughs> very sweet. But she had a water breath. And, she's, and we had children three weeks apart. Uh, Garrett, I sneezed. He was out, done. Two tied, tubes tied, done. I was ha- like, Javi's big and shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, it was just glorious. And he just floated out of me. and blah, blah, blah I'm like, I, nope, 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 My nope. thing with that
1: is, a like I said, I don't like bots to begin with because I'm sitting in my own filth. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really sitting yeah. in my filth. Well, if I put rose petals in it, wouldn't it? No, make? Okay. that would definitely not help me. And then, like, now I'm really sitting in my filth. Also, I have a thing with being naked in front of people. Exactly! And I'm like, I'm not sitting there naked. And it's my
0: pregnant naked body, which is all Worse, just all over the which place. Which I know, it's beautiful and everybody loves. It's not my it's thing. It's
1: fine. I can't do yeah. that. I can't do it on a
0: Good day. Right. Never mind. When I'm pushing shit out of me, like I just in my this is all me. All right, I'm not crazy. That's what I'm so saying. This is me. I don't like pregnant bellies. They gross me out. The belly button looks weird. They're taut. It's <laughs> sm- like they're veiny. I I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. I sure as hell don't want to look at anybody else's either. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm I know as a nurse that's a bizarre thing to say, but they gross me out because, like I said, I mean in. Like, you're, everything on you is veiny and translucent. It's weird. It's gross. And
1: it's I, no, it's me. It's I don't like, like yeah, it about me. Well, I'm not me. criticizing
0: anybody. I, I don't want to do
1: that when I'm... I didn't yeah. want to do that at 20 when Things I Things you're great, never, never going to see me do is
0: birth in a tub. You're not going to see me have everybody and my grandmother in there watching my cooch get no. torn open. I don't want my mother-in-law in there, father-in-law. I, I mean, no. No, it was me and my husband. That was it. We're done. Yeah. I don't need anybody else in here. No. Thank you very much. Yeah. No. Um. Go ahead. Anyways. Okay.
1: See the decision. I can't tell which is worse. All right, I'm going to do vaginal seeding since we talked about seeding with that. Yeah, birth, I think that's a great idea. Cleaner. So I got this information from Cleveland Clinic. Um, vaginal seeding is the practice of wiping wiping a baby's mouth, face, and skin with its mother's vaginal fluids after a C-section. It transfers vaginal microbes to the baby to help establish Mm-mm. the baby's microbiome to promote good health and fight disease. Mm-mm. C-section babies are more likely to develop allergies, <laughs> asthma, celiac disease, and IBS than babies that are born vaginally, which me and my sister
0: both C-section babies. And, and I have, none of you have any of that.
1: Oh, no. Oh, you have- we have all of that. I have allergies, C-celiac? asthma, Stacy has gluten. Like, we have... I'm like, oh, this... I mean, this does seem to make a little bit of sense. We seem to have a lot of these Im- yeah, I immuno... Don't know.
0: I definitely have three of them. So you think you wanted your mother's vaginal secretion? No, I don't want her vaginal But
1: I do think... I mean, it's studied. C-section babies have these more. Like right. the immunocompromised yeah. problems. Uh, many think it's because they don't get the mother's vaginal microbes <sighs> to help establish immune system. That has That has not been proven. But C-section babies
0: are more likely to right. get... These right. other. It could be the trauma of the birth for them.
1: It's. Right. You're being ripped out of the abdomen. Right. You know? I don't know what it is, but it right. is more likely to happen. Um, about an hour before a C section, the doctor will place a gauze in the mother's vagina.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And that will
1: soak up the fluids that are in the mother's vagina. They then place that into a sterile container, like a specimen cup or something. Um, and that sits there and waits for you for you to have your c-section it's in a sterile container i mean
0: i know my action is ridiculous because baby comes out through your vagina i know that but this just sounds disgusting yeah. to me so then um you know they do your c-section and right after delivery
1: the doctor then swabs the baby's mouth face an entire body with that gauze that has soaked up your vaginal i could see the body
0: yeah. i don't want them doing his mouth in his nose
1: i mean which again they do come through your vaginal canal in a, reg- in a vaginal birth but it's just a weird like it's weird. I'm purposely yeah. doing it. Um, do you need to do this? No. <laughs> Newborns, when they're born through a C-section, get the mother's microbes from breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. They get it from skin-to-skin skin mm-hmm. contact. They can get your 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 shit <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, there are risks. Not all the microbes in a mother's vagina are, are good. good, especially usually we are tested for this, but if you're at home, you might not be tested for this. Chlamydia, genital herpes, gonorrhea, group B strep. You have it
0: might to- be the exact reason she's having a C-section. Right. So <laughs> that's
1: this. If you have these, you do a lot of times have a C-section, so the child isn't going through the vaginal canal. So if that was the case, I would think they would you know would not, yeah, not to swab this. If you are doing this at home. You don't like, know. You had no prenatal I,
0: care. or I
1: don't know. So you just... Yeah, you didn't have prenatal. K, you didn't have testing. You just want to make sure you are testing for this because mm-hmm. you do not want to swab that on your baby. There is no, um, there are no studies that say that this vaginal seeding is necessary. That it is helpful. That it does any of this. Um, it's and just what people are doing. The American College of Obstetricians um, does not Recommend. support this. Okay.
0: Well, I was gagging on this one. Placentophagy. Mm. I should have done this one first Go ahead Placentophagy. <laughs> This is the practice of eating your own placenta I just can't Fucking Literally I am gagging yeah. Okay it can be consumed It can be consumed raw Ugh. Why would you eat anything?
1: <laughs> What's in <it>, sushi? <laughs> they
0: put it on rice? <laughs> With a little the top little green a little leaves here's <laughs> a wasabi to go with it <laughs> why would you eat it? imagine how chewy that is oh, it's like all vascula like why and the thing is if you've ever seen a placenta oh my god it's disgusting. after nine months that fucker is rank it's ripe it's, r- it's gross oh. it's dirty it's filtered all that kid's it feces it everything <laughs> it's, just, it's like eating your <laughs> it's
1: gross <spleen>. why
0: there's <laughs> a mother like a cow in a cud. Oh, my God. Chewing on that old big piece of raw placenta. I can't eat raw Ugh. salmon. Never mind placenta. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So it can be eaten raw. You can cook that up with some liver and onions. That <laughs> would be better than raw. Powder it in a capsule. Ugh. It is considered a way to reduce postpartum depression. Well, that's what Prozac's for. <laughs> Boost milk production and or replenish your nutrients. If you have to eat your placenta to replenish your nutrients, you're in bad way. Yeah. Okay. This is not. Let good. me tell you this. Not the McDonald's can't replenish no. for me. Okay. The, there is no scientific proof of it, this helping in any way. The placenta is dead when you are doing yeah. this. There is it's no nutrients and it's dirty. It's and you don't know when infection is in there yet. I.E. my next point. Okay. Because A, you have a risk of food poisoning. because you're you're eating, You think eat, you're eating a raw yeah. thing that came out of your because, body? Because, you know, sometimes it starts to spoil. It's <laughs> the dead! Heart. Of course it's spoiled. Are you eating it the second you deliver it? Because it's detached. I don't know. There's I no supply. If it's going to get spoiled. <clears throat> Two separate babies got strep B infections from the mother eating the placenta and it came out through her breast milk. See, she wasn't tested for strep B. They always That's a test. Huge if you're one. in the
1: hospital, they're right. testing you pre having the baby to see if you right. have strep
0: B because those babies That's can, huge. Yeah. So, two babies got it through the breast oh, milk God. after the mother had eaten the placenta that was infected with strep B. So, there is no beneficial health to eating your own rotting, dirty, placenta it's like going into your house and taking the air filter from you and, and just licking scooping it, it and licking it there's no reason to eat the fucking placenta no. the, i was i was like oh, oh this is i gross. just can't I, if I you have getting over a GI placenta bug, not a good t- it's disgusting they're gross looking mm-hmm. and they're, you can tell like especially some of these kids who've been stressed you know you're doing an emergency c-section the kid that placenta comes out it's black sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's in a ru- Or oh, they're old the kids who have been in for, like, two weeks too long. Yeah, too long. It, it, it looks rough. The shit's
1: already dying. Yeah, it's bad. It's oh bad. Okay, well, to piggyback on that...
0: <laughs> what are we eating next, Laura? We're not eating, but
1: we might as well be. It's um, a lotus birth. Oh, oh. I got this from Healthline.com. A lotus birth is the practice of birthing the baby and placenta and leaving the two attached until the cord falls off, which can be anywhere from three to ten days.
0: So am I carrying this around like a fanny pack? Yep. Oh, I'll tell you. How, so, is, how is that good for the baby? Oh. Mm-hmm. Because okay. normally asking questions the baby's listen.
1: born, right? Mm-hmm. And it is now the practice to do a delayed cord clamping. So they wait um, like three to five minutes, so I think. whatever's in there gets back in. Yep, yeah, because there's blood yeah. going from the baby to the placenta, the placenta to right. the baby. So they give it a few minutes now. And they they used to clamp it like right, right. away. Now they give it a couple minutes. Unless it's an emergency. They got to right. get it off of it. Whatever um so it's clamped now anywhere from 60 seconds to three minutes later to get all the blood out of the placenta into the baby um which helps their um hematocrit it helps give them all the blood they can have and whatever um so we clamp it cuts off the circulation from the baby to the placenta and then you cut the cord to detach the placenta from the cord from the baby right um, in utero, the placenta receives the blood and nutrients from the mother, mm-hmm. passes it to the baby, it filters everything. Mm-hmm. It has. It is it a vital a, role. Yeah, if you have placenta... Without it. Right, that baby cannot survive without the placenta. Vital role in utero. Um, once a child's born and the placenta is delivered, it no longer has a blood supply because it has detached from, from that uterus. Supply, it is now a scab. It has nothing. Yep. It is now dead. Yep. So the placenta is dead once you deliver mm-hmm. that baby. Um... It's dead tissue.
0: Yeah, dead tissue. Necrosing tissue. Yep, dead
1: tissue. As we know, leads to infection. Mm -hmm. Leads to because it's warm and wet. Yeah, it's never good if you have dead tissue. You've got to get rid of it. You have to get rid of dead tissue. Um, so that's why we cut the cord so the baby's not attached to dead tissue. However, the natural birth world believes lotus births. Some people in the natural birth world um, believes lotus births are more gentle. It can decrease infections because there's no cord trauma. Oh, come on. And it is a spiritual practice that honors the relationship between the baby and the placenta. There is, you should see your face. There is absolutely no research
0: that backs these beliefs. Um, the if- baby's relationship with the placenta. Mm-hmm. Laura, did you have a good relationship with your placenta? I vividly remember my relationship oh, mine with my was placenta. was very attractive, mm-hmm. very nice, very soothing. Yeah. Um, if you choose a lotus birth,
1: you will probably be um in the ICU having a, within home a week. birth. <laughs> yep. Um, with a practitioner that does these. If you d- they're not gonna do this in a hospital. No. They are not gonna How this are you is carrying like this, thing around? this is a hard no. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> um and if you do decide I'm gonna do this in my home birth. You need to talk to your practitioner that they've do that they done this before. Right. Because there is a specific way that they have to do this. They have to know how to prevent infection. There's like a very specific way. This is gross. You need to talk to this practitioner to make sure they know what is happening. This is, is the happening.
0: kind of daughter-in-law I'm going to get. You know that, right? Oh, God. Help me,
1: please. Um, things to consider if having a lotus birth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can still hold your baby immediately, even though it's still attached to the placenta. <laughs> Let me just throw this on my shoulder. Hold on a second. But you do have to be careful that the cord isn't accidentally ripped out of the baby, because the baby can then, um, you know, hemorrhage. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, the placenta is usually birthed five to thirty minutes after the baby, so the baby will be attached to your vag for five to ten minutes. Thirty. It oh, can th- be up yeah. to thirty minutes for that placenta to come out. So you have to realize, like, that baby's still going t- yeah, to be attached to something, tethered <laughs> to you. So just you need to consider that. You need a sterile receptacle to carry the placenta around in. Some people have like this little bag with handles. So God. you need something because you can't just pick it up with your hands you know, and, and carry this dead tissue. and slip it around and throw it tissue. on my head. Yeah. yeah.
0: Use it as a scarf.
1: Yeah. Um, the baby still has to ride in a car seat.
0: With this placenta with it.
1: Well, the baby, I mean, if you're putting a baby in a cart has To be in a car, you can't hold it because it has a placenta.
0: I wouldn't leave the house if I'm going to do something this ridiculous. I'm not leaving the house until right. But you know,
1: if you have to bring the baby to the doctors because now it's attached to a dead. This is the kid who's getting breastfed till high school, yeah. So just make sure that you can safely put your baby in the car seat with With the the placenta placenta somewhere.
0: Get a car seat for the placenta,
1: yeah. Uh, the placenta slowly dries out and decays, Mm -hmm. um, which has a smell. Because it's oh, decaying tissue oh, oh, oh. that's just stagnant that blood in is a bag, really. nasty. Just stagnant. You know how stagnant oh, blood yeah. smells. We know yeah. that smell. Yep. And then yep. it's just, you're just carrying that around with you in with a your dead, brand new, baby. dying
0: corpse. How's that relationship now? It's awful.
1: Uh, some people, you might want to take this into consideration, rub salt and herbs on the placenta as it dries out, I think, to help the smell of the decay.
0: As if there isn't enough to do when you've had a child.
1: Uh, The placenta does not nourish your baby after they are delivered. And they still need to be fed every two to three hours. People think, oh, this placenta (laughs) has...
0: think they don't have to feed their baby because the placenta is still attached the placenta has
1: nourished my baby for nine and a half months inside of me well that is dead now you were nourishing your baby out of the human body not the the placenta itself was not nourishing your baby you were through (laughs) Through the placenta placenta, like a doorway it's not attached (laughs) to you anymore so it no longer nourishes your baby at all please make sure you feed the baby um baby clothing you're gonna have to consider (gasps) that because it needs Mm. to have snap closures not zippers Oh. not yeah you can't oh. so you need to make sure you can leave a hole get the franks over the beans? for the
0: um, cord to
1: reach to the placenta Um, and you can only sponge bathe. bath your baby because well they're
0: not bathing for two weeks because of the vernix they want the, they want on the on vernix them.
1: but if you do need to bathe your baby you cannot put them in a bath because they are still attached to this dying dead placenta that is
0: disgusting, Laura. On that's just so things to consider if you want to levels. Birth. that is disgusting
1: It's, why would you leave, I wouldn't leave, if my child had a dead hand, I wouldn't leave it in a bathroom. I wouldn't leave it on him, Mm -hmm.
0: because that's going to make him sick. So, could you imagine going to visit somebody not knowing this, and being like, oh, look at the, what, Mm -hmm. what what is that smell? You would know the smell when you walked in. Yeah. Oh, no, here's his placenta, take that with him. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm going to get a daughter-in-law like this. I'm going to get a daughter-in-law like this. Well, so when you're going out for your amorous evening on Valentine's mm, Day, just consider all of these <laughs> rolling around on those rose petals that are getting stuck to your sweat.
1: Oh I'd have um, a rash. I'm allergic to them. I would be like, of course you're allergic to I roses. I would be in of like anaphylactic shock. You by could the get fake ones,
0: Laura. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, remember, nine months later it could have its consequences. Yeah. So you might want to buckle up and cover up. Yeah. Um, enjoy your Valentine's, Happy Day. Valentine's Day. Go have some placenta sushi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my God! It's a dead, it's dead
0: tissue. Who's but you know, it's that? like I can I can feel the texture in my mouth, <sighs> chewy, slimy. Oh, it's gonna be the chewiest. No. Mm. thick. It's, it just grrr. has dead, old blood in it. Yep. What blood are you eating? In urine. The kids' urine was filtered through it. The feces. Like it's it's just a bag of dead tissue. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Why are you eating dead? Well, you tissue? know what, Laura? When I get my appendix, I'm not going to eat that too. Yeah, please. Okay. Uh. <laughs> god (laughs) so enjoy your valentine's day on that nope and we will see you in two weeks let us know if you've eaten your placenta
1: (laughs) like subscribe rate and review the scissors and scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at scissors and scrubs and email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissors and scrubs at gmail.com